Morning, Kavanaugh. Will you stand? Are you glad to be in the Lord's house? Okay, let's act like it, all right. <laughs> Greater is he. Let's sing it.
a great song. That's one of my favorites. How about you? Love it. Good morning. How are we doing, Kavanaugh? We're so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us. Whether you're in person, physically here, or whether you're tuning in online, welcome to God's house. We're going to experience his power today. We're going to worship our Savior today, and we're glad that you're here to do that with us. If you're joining us as a guest, man, we are so glad you're here, and we want to meet you. Uh, and maybe you're a guest tuning in online. We would like to connect with you as well. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. We'll talk about that at the end of service. But, but we truly want you to know we are glad you're here. We're glad that you joined us today. So if you're checking out Kavanaugh, uh, please, uh, at the end of service, stop by and talk to us. Uh, we would just let, uh, want you to know how glad that we are that you're here. And if you have questions about our church, we'll be happy to answer that for you. Uh, are you guys ready to worship the Lord today? That's why we're here, so why don't you stand up, I want you to join me in prayer, and then let's keep praising the Lord, let's just pour our worship out on Him today, because He deserves it, right? Let's pray. God, we love you, and we are grateful to be in your presence today. Thank you for sending Jesus to be our Savior. Thank you for your Holy Spirit, uh, Lord, that indwells us when we trust Jesus as Lord. Thank you for guiding and directing our lives. Today, we want to experience you. Uh, Lord, we need you in our lives there's no one like you, Lord. There's no one that's more worthy of our praise and worship than you are. You're the only one, God, that's worthy of our worship. So today, may we worship you wholeheartedly. May we praise you, Lord, uh, with, with all of our being. We love you, Lord, and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.
called uh, God So Loved. And the lyrics of this song were taken straight from the scripture, from John 3.16. And uh, John 3.16 is probably the most famous and familiar book, uh, book, verse in all of Christianity. And it has been the catalyst that have led so many people to Christ. I know a lot of you in this room can probably quote this verse. And if you can, that's awesome. But if you can't, Let's read this aloud, God's powerful word, right here in this verse. Join us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Is that not amazing? God so loved. Let's sing it.
church for life, but you will lead us all the way home. You will take us from beginning to end, and you will see us through. Your blood has shed for us. And Lord, let there be those that are here lost that might know you as their Savior before today's service ends. Lord, help us to do your will. And just look at the verse. For God so loved neighbor loves you, your brother loves you, but God shows more love than anyone else can ever show you. Thank you for loving us. In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. team. Give them a big hand. Boy, they do a great job leading us in worship. It's really good today. Glad you're here. Welcome to those who are watching online. And for you who are in person, you know what? Y'all are awesome. So it's good to see you today. Uh, years ago, the New York City Transit Department uh, came up missing a bus. And not only was the bus missing, but the driver was also missing. For, for over a week, authorities looked high and low for this guy and they finally found him 10 days later in sunny Miami, Florida. <laughs> Bus included, all right? They were both there. Uh, they asked the driver, what, what happened? What led you from New York City to Miami, Florida? And here's his reply. He says, I'd had all I could take of it. I just had all I could take. I, I, was, I was done with it. I, I had all I could take with, with the weather. I'd had all I could take with the passengers. I had had all I could take with my family. So after my route one day, I just asked myself the question, I wonder what would happen if I started driving south. And so he did. <laughs> From New York City all the way down to sunny Miami, Florida, he had spent a week on the sunny beaches of Miami, Florida. H have you ever wished that you could do something like that? Come on, be real, you know? Just kind of take a slow boat to China Get away from it all when you've had all of it you could take. Well, that is one of the reasons that the Lord gave us the book of 2 Corinthians. This is, 2 Corinthians, in essence, a 13-chapter memoir on living with stress and pressure from a Christian's perspective or point of view. One of the richest chapters in the book is the one we're coming to today, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. And on two occasions in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, Paul tells us, do not lose heart. Don't despair. Don't get discouraged. 
Don't lose heart. He tells us that in verse 1 and in verse 16. But not only does he tell us don't lose heart, he helps us through the process. And that brings us to our key verse this morning, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7, which is at the very heart of this chapter. And here's what Paul says. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and it doesn't come from us. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word and the truth that is contained in it. I pray that your Holy Spirit would speak that word of truth into our lives today. Uh, Lord, many of us in this room uh, feel the pressure of life. We've thrown our hands up into the air, and and we've just had it with everything around us. I pray that, dear Lord, for those of us who feel that way today, we would find the answer in God's Word, that we would lead this pressure that we have in our life to praise to you. Help us, dear Lord, not to lose heart, for we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, this is an amazing verse, and I want to share three words or phrases that are found in this verse and the correlating attitude that goes with the word. For example, the first word is the word treasure. And because we have treasure, we ought to be happy, all right? Literally, the verse says, but we have this treasure. In other words, we possess something that is very valuable. We are wealthy people. The Greek word that Paul uses here for treasure originally meant a place for storing valuables. But later on, it came to describe the valuables themselves. And in the New Testament, Matthew uses this word treasure more than any other New Testament writer. Uh, I think it was because he was a tax collector. And he had a perspective, a way of seeing things through the grid of a treasury. For example, in Matthew chapter 13, Jesus gives us a series of analogies comparing what the kingdom of God is like. And he uses this one in Matthew chapter 13, verse 44. He said, the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure that a man found out in a field. When the man found the treasure, he hid it again. And then in his joy, he went out and sold all that he had just so he could buy that field. Now, you know back in biblical times, they didn't have banks or depositories. So what would people do with their valuables? Well, most of the people would bury their valuables. They would put them in a box or a a, a jar, and they would go out somewhere and bury it. But you know the problem with that. I mean, sometimes we forget (laughs) where we might bury. So especially as you get older, you tend to forget these things. Or worse than that, you could die, and if you didn't leave a map... Or tell anybody in the family where that treasure was buried, then it it would just be lost for all times. The California gold rust ended 160 years ago. Y'all remember reading about that? California gold rush. A lot of people from Arkansas and Missouri went out to California to to find gold. Most of of them came up empty-handed. But you know what? Here recently, a, a couple in California hit it rich 
Back in 2013, this husband and wife owned a, a little piece of land, a couple of acres, and every day they would take their pet dog on this walk around their acre, and, and they had a little trail that they followed. They had done it hundreds of times for years, but on this particular day, in a patch of moss, they saw a piece of metal sticking up. Now, it had always been there. They had just never seen it until that day. And they went over and dug it up, and guess what they found? They found a, a can, a jar full of gold coins. And as they kept digging, they found more cans, a total of eight cans containing 1,400 gold coins dating back to 1847. It, it was the largest hidden treasure ever found in North America valued at over $10 million. Wow. That, that, that just kind of gets you going. You want to go on a walk this afternoon, don't you? <laughs> Around your yard. Well, that's the kind of story that Jesus is telling in Matthew chapter 13. Here is a man plowing up a field that he does not own. And, and all of a sudden, he finds this box of treasure. He was incredibly excited. In fact, the word that Jesus uses to describe his excitement was that three-letter word, what is it, Jason? Joy. You live with it every day, man. He had joy. In fact, the, the textual experts tell us that the whole emphasis on this particular sentence is on that one word, joy. Everything else focuses on the joy. It, to translate it literally, we would say, he became very, very happy. <laughs> or because he was so happy, he went and sold everything else he had so that he could buy this one particular field. You know what kind of picture Jesus is drawing for us? Th this is the picture of our lives when we discover Jesus Christ as our Savior. Because when we discover Jesus Christ, we find great treasure. Jesus is the treasure. And we are excited with a joy that will never fade away and with an exuberance that will endure forever. That's the idea that Jesus gives us in Matthew chapter 13. And you can take that same picture or ideal and correlate it with what Paul is saying in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. When Paul uses that word treasure in 2 Corinthians 4, 7, he's talking about the treasure of knowing Jesus Christ and the treasure of making Jesus known to others. Now I want to let that sink in. In fact, that, that is the theme or the motto of a famous Christian university in the United States. And I love this little motto, to know him and to make him known. Isn't that what it's all about? To know him and to make him known. That is the essence of the Christian life. There is joy in knowing Jesus like no other joy. And along with that, there is joy and making Jesus known to someone else. And I think both of these ideals are interwoven into the context of 2 Corinthians chapter 4. In fact, just notice how this chapter begins in verse 1. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, 
We do not lose heart. We don't despair. We don't become discouraged. That's the theme of the passage. Through God's mercy, we not only have a Christian life, we have a Christian ministry. God in his mercy has given us a purpose to fulfill. God has given us a job to do. And that is the implication that Paul is making. Here's what he's saying. I may, I may be tempted to lose heart. I may be. There might be times and days when I feel like giving up and giving in. But God, who is rich in mercy, has given me the treasure of knowing Jesus Christ as my personal Lord and Savior. And because of that, I will absolutely not lose my morale or my enthusiasm or my commitment. Because I have this treasure inside of me, I am going to be upbeat and I am going to live upright. That's what this joy will do for you. It's, it's got to make you happy. Look on to the next few verses, two through five. Here's what he says. But we have renounced the hidden things of shame, not walking in craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But even if our gospel is veiled, it is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but we preach Christ Jesus the Lord, and ourselves, your bondservants, for the Lord's sake. So the subject of this entire paragraph has to do with our working for the Lord Jesus Christ and our sharing the good news of Christ with others. Paul is referring here not only to the treasure of knowing Christ, but of the privilege of making him known to others. He continues that into the next verse, verse number six. For it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. So in summary, here's what he's saying in these first six verses. We have preached and we have evangelized as plainly as we know how. We have laid out the terms of the gospel, the news of salvation. We have shared Jesus Christ as simply and as plainly as we know how. And if anyone has not received our message, it is because the God of this age, the God of this world, the devil himself has blinded their minds so that they do not understand and cannot see the light. But God himself is able to make that light shine in your life. If you believe the light is going to come on in your own life, and this light has illuminated my life, Paul says, and it's the greatest treasure that I possess. And because of that, I'm happy. So I want you to think of it in, in this way. Have, have you ever been in your house and all of a sudden you just lose the power? The power goes off. Okay. Come on, come on. Yeah, everybody, everybody's experienced that. 
So let's just use that as, as, as suppose. Suppose it's at nighttime, middle of the night, let's say 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. You, you, you're into the deep sleep, okay? You're sleeping good. Some of you look like you're there, right? No, anyway, you're sleeping really good, but all of a sudden you just, you just wake up because there's a storm outside. It's thundering and lightning and raining, maybe even tornadoes. You haven't, you haven't noticed that yet. The reason you woke up is because the power went off to your house, and you know the power has gone off because the box fan <laughs> that you've got right beside your bed blowing air and making noise so you can sleep so good. You got two of them? We do too, Jason. Angie. <laughs> Angie's got one on her side of the bed. I've got one on my side of the bed, and they make this beautiful harmony. These two fans. What wakes you up is the fan went off, and and you and you you know you you know how it is when you wake up from a deep sleep, and you know something's wrong. Now you can hear the thunder out there. You know there's a storm, and you're stumbling through trying to turn on lights, but no lights come on. And you can't grasp this yet, so you're not only flipping switches, you're, you're pulling the, the string on your lamps and turning the little buttons trying to get, but nothing comes on. No light is coming on. Now, I know what you young people will say. Well, you just get your phone and use the old people like me don't think of that. And so, Gary, what I'm doing, I'm stumbling through the house and I finally make my way into the kitchen and I pull open that drawer where I know there's going to be a flashlight that I gave to all the fathers back in 2004. <laughs> Y'all remember those? Great little flashlights. And I push the button on it, and all of a sudden, it comes on because those batteries are divine, and they've lasted since 2004. And all of a sudden, I have light in a dark room. But the light came from that old flashlight. It didn't come from the beautiful chandeliers that are hanging in our house or the wonderful lamps that we have that we've paid so much money for. No, it's coming from that cheap little flashlight that I gave everybody back in 2004. You know what that's a picture of? That is a picture of the Christian life and ministry. Christians are walking around as lights in a darkened world in which there are many other lamps that are darkened by sin. Some of those other lamps are, are beautiful. They're beautiful lampshades. Some of them are gilded in gold. Some of them are enormously expensive. But you tell me, what good is an expensive lamp if it doesn't work? No good at all. And most of humanity is walking around as midnight. The light has not come on in their life. And they are as dark as they can be. But you know what? When Jesus comes into our light, life, the light comes on. I love the way missionary E. Stanley Jones put it. He said, when I met Christ, I felt like I swallowed sunshine. Huh? Amen. There is no joy in the world like this. We have treasure. Our treasure is Jesus. And that light makes us happy. We need it because of the next phrase that we find 
in this verse. The phrase is earthen vessels. Newer translations say jars of clay. But we have this treasure in jars of clay. Now, earlier I, I referred to back in biblical times, they didn't have banks or, or depositories. So people would either bury their money or they would take their money and put it in jars of clay or earthen vessels, just a piece of pottery. And sometimes they would take that, that piece of pottery and put it in a cave. In ancient Palestine, the caves were all over the place. Mountainsides are full of these little indentations and caves. And so if you had something valuable, you might put it in an earthen vessel and then place it in a cave. Have you ever heard of the Dead Sea Scrolls? Seen documentaries on the Dead Sea Scrolls? They were manuscripts of biblical writings that date back over 2,000 years from the Old Testament. And these manuscripts were placed in earthen vessels, jars of clay, and they were put in a cave outside the little community of Qumran, which is south of Jerusalem. And they were discovered several years ago. And the way they were discovered was a, a little Arabian boy was tending his goats. And one of the goats climbed up on the side of this mountain and he was trying to get the goat down off the mountain back with the little herd of goats he was herding. And so he picked up a rock and he threw it at the goat, but he threw like I throw and he missed <laughs> what he was aiming at. The rock flew over the goat and went into this cave and he heard a crashing sound, a breaking of pottery. And he knew something was up there in that cave. And so he climbed up the mountain, went into the cave, and he found all of these earthen vessels full of these Old Testament manuscripts. They were in jars of clay. And remember, jars of clay can break very easily. That one broke with just a rock, but thank goodness the rock hit it because he found these wonderful manuscripts. Are you with me? Paul is using that same illustration to describe you and me. We are God's depositories, and he has deposited his treasure inside of us. The only problem with that is we are fragile. We are breakable. We are easily damaged. And I think every one of us in this room can identify with that. We understand that. No matter how strong we think we are, or no matter how stoic we try to be, we're just a piece of clay. And we can easily be fractured or broken or injured. That can happen to us both physically and emotionally. I told the first service, I, I had a friend years ago who was just, he was several years older than me, but he was kind of one of my heroes. Because this, this guy, I mean, he was just, Jason, he stayed in shape. He worked out every single day. And, and even though he was kind of an older guy, man, he was, he was a picture of, of health, uh, both cardiovascularly and, and muscular. He was, he, was, he was awesome, man, my hero. Then all of a sudden he got sick. And in a short matter of time, he went from being a specimen of what a, a guy is supposed to look like physically to just skin and bones. And over a short period of time, we lost him. You, you know what? That, that picture just has stuck in my mind. No, no matter 
how tough you think you are, how strong you think you are. Just like that, that, that physical ability and strength can fade away. Same thing can happen to us emotionally. Some of you came into this room this morning and you feel like a jar of clay that's been chipped or cracked or broken. Somebody has thrown a rock at you and it has shattered something inside of you. Well, the benefit of understanding what we're made of and we are like jars of clay is that it keeps us humble. Because you know what? You're not as tough as you think you are. And you know what? You're not as strong as you think you are. And no matter how much you think you got it together, brother, let me tell you, just like that, your life can unravel like a cheap sweater and just fall apart. So God reminds us here, you know what? You are like a jar of clay. But I have put my treasure inside of you. So you know what? Take heart. Understand. You can make it, but you just can't make it on your own. Because you're nothing but a jar of clay. You can, however, make it with the third word that we have, and that is the word power. And because of God's power, we should be hopeful. Let me share again with you verse 7. But we have this treasure in jars of clay to show that this all-surpassing power is from God and it's not from us. You see, the Lord could have made us vaults of steel or he could have made us treasure chests made out of titanium, but he didn't. He made us earthen vessels and he did so for this one reason. And, and the verse says it, we have this treasure in jars of clay to show us God's all-surpassing power. That it's from God and it's not from us. The word power is that old classic word that we translate dynamite. Okay, That's the word that is used here. It's dynamite. It is found over 100 times in the New Testament. And Paul uses it numerous times in the books of 1st and 2nd Corinthians. For example, look at just these few verses. Chapter 1, verse 18. For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the dynamite of God. And then in the same chapter, verse 24. But to those whom God has called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power, the dynamite of God, and the wisdom of God. In chapter 2, he says this, My message and my preaching were not with wise and persuasive words, but with a demonstration of the Spirit's power, so that your faith might not rest on men's wisdom, but on God's power, on God's dynamite. However, when he comes to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, he says that since the all-surpassing power that fuels our life is from an external source that is God himself, we can be resilient even in the face of discouragement. Because this power doesn't come from us. This power is being infused inside of us from God himself. Notice what he says in verses 8 through 10. We are hard-pressed on every side. 
Can anybody say amen? Every side we're hard-pressed, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, yes, but not forsaken. Struck down, but we're not destroyed. Always caring about in the body the dying of the Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested where? In our own bodies. You see, it's God's power that keeps us going. It's his power, not your power. It's his power. And therefore, nothing short of God can shut us down. Dude, we're tapping into something big here. It's not your power, it's God's power. It's being infused in your life. You're living on God's power. So nothing short of God can actually shut us down. So if you're trying your best to live the Christian life, and you're also doing the Christian work, there is no place in your life for despair or discouragement. Just think about it. Mm -mm. Yeah, I know we're jars of clay. We're fragile. On our own, we can fall into despair. We can lose heart. But step back and look at the big picture. We have inside of us a great treasure, the light, Jesus Christ. And because of that light, we are powered by Almighty God. So we don't have to depend upon ourselves for anything. We're depending upon the power of God. His all-surpassing power just keeps us going. So you know what? When you get ready to throw up your hands in despair and say, I've had all of it I can take, quit depending on yourself. Trust in the Lord. Shake it off, dude. Walk with Jesus. I'm going to end by telling you my favorite donkey story. Nathan, all my stories are classified. This one came out of the donkey file, all right? It's my favorite donkey story. I probably told you this story before. It happened a long time ago, years ago. This old farmer had this old, feeble donkey. Donkey could just barely get around. It was half blind, couldn't see. And because of that, it fell into an abandoned dry well. And so the old farmer, he, he couldn't get that donkey out of the well. Even if he invited all of his neighbors over, there's no way they could get that donkey out of that hole in the ground. And so he decided the best thing for everybody involved, including the donkey, is just use that old abandoned well for a grave. I mean, the donkey was about to die anyway. So let's just go ahead and bury him, put him out of his misery. So he invited all his neighbors over, gave them all a shovel, and they started shoveling dirt into that hole where that donkey was. Now, the donkey figured out what was going on. He's, he's old, but he's not dumb. Okay, And he started braying and, and crying out. But after a while, he just settled down, and you didn't hear anything. And so the old farmer looked down, and he looked in amazement to what was going on in that hole. With every shovel of dirt that hit that donkey's back, that old donkey would just shake it off and take a step up. Shake it off, take a step up. Come on, do it with me. Shake it off and take a step up. And you know what? Before long, he just stepped right out of that hole. Trotted off just as happy as he could be. 
You know what? Sometimes it feels like we're being buried alive. Doesn't it? Because the old devil is shoveling dirt on our back. And if the old devil is not the one doing it, sometimes it's just life that does it. And if it's not the devil or life, sometimes other people can shovel dirt on our backs. The trick is to shake it off and to take a step up. To take those problems and use them as stepping stones. And you can do that when you have the treasure and you have the power. And so if you came in here this morning and you're like that New York City bus driver, you'd had about all you could take of it. You've thrown your hands up in despair. You've lost heart. Let me encourage you today. Shake it off and step up. You can do that because you have treasure. You have the greatest treasure that anyone can have, the light of Jesus Christ. And if you don't have that treasure, let me, let me invite you this morning to ask Jesus into your heart. He, he will take your dark light and make it light and bright, and he'll give you joy. And once that's happened, you realize that even though you're made out of dust, and you're nothing but a jar of clay, you have the all-surpassing power of God in your life. And so no matter what the devil throws at you, you are more than able to overcome. I'm going to ask that you bow your heads and stand to your feet. Would you do that? God brought you here today for a reason. If you're watching online, God has you watching for a reason. Maybe because you need 2 Corinthians 4-7 in your life today. You need to understand that we have this treasure even though we're made out of clay pottery. And that treasure is the Lord Jesus Christ. And because of that treasure, we have the power of God in our lives so we don't have to lose heart. Would you trust that power today? Simply give God your problems, your despair, your anger, your anguish, and let him replace it with joy unspeakable and full of glory. Lord, I pray for my friends watching and listening this morning. Help them trust you with everything in their life. I pray, dear Lord, that we would bring our problems and perplexities and lay them at your feet and watch you do something great in our life. Help us to learn this morning that in Jesus Christ we have great treasure and we have the power of God. So we can shake it off and step up. May we do that today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I'm going to ask that you be seated. If, if God has touched your life today and changed you, or if you have questions, please see one of us after service this morning. One of the pastors who are in this room, I know Nathan is here, Jason's here, I'm here, Johnny's in the building, Ray's here. Get a hold of us. We, we want to talk to you we want to help you in your spiritual journey to become everything God has called you to be. Now, a couple of things before you leave. Uh, number one, when you walk out the door, remember the black boxes are there to receive your tithe and offering. You can drop those in, or you can give online if you would like to. Tonight at 6.30, we have 
online Bible study. We'll be on Kavanaugh Facebook page. 6.30, Ronnie Fox is going to be, the Silver Fox is going to be teaching our Bible study lesson, so tune into that. 7 o'clock uh, on Wednesday night, we're going to have service for all ages. We invite you to come. Now, next Sunday, time changes. Spring forward, so we're going to lose an hour. My suggestion is go to bed an hour early on Saturday. Uh, you ain't going to do that, are you? Uh, just change your clocks, or if you got a smartphone, it'll change for you. Just don't, don't be late for church next Sunday, all right? Also, uh, this afternoon, I think from 2 to 3.30, they're throwing a, a baby shower for Nathan and Shawnee. Third, third kid, third boy. They're, they're trying to catch y'all. Just one more. Go for five, and you'll go ahead of them, all right? So uh, anyway, baby shower for them. Uh, it's going to be upstairs in room 209. 210. Now, Jason made mention of our Connect uh, cards. There's cards in the back of the pew in front of you, or there's also a, a little QR code right there. Do you see that? Do you see the QR codes in front of you? Uh, on the pew back in front of you, there's like four of them. Uh, all you have to do to enact that is get your smartphone and put it to photos or camera and just put it up to that uh, bar and it will automatically link you to the page where you can fill out the guest information that we'd like. That's pretty cool, isn't it? Or if you're old like me, just get that guest card and write your name on it. But whatever, stop by our Connect counter. If you've never been there before, we'd like to give you a gift and, and meet you, answer any questions that you might have about our church. I, I want you to know that God loves you, I love you, and uh, you've, you've got treasure. You've got treasure in your heart. So put a smile on your face. And then cover it up with that mask. Get out of here. We'll see you.